Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Welcome, everyone, once again to the House of David Ministries. I'm Pastor Keith Allen, and uh, today we'll be coming out of the book of Philippians, Chapter 3. So if you could get there with me, um, today is going to be a great day of God's Word, as always. Uh, but before we get started, we want to give Him praise, honor, and glory. So if we could uh, bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father God, we come to you in prayer in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We thank you for this blessed day, dear God. We thank you for all that you do for us in our lives, Lord God. We thank you for waking us up this morning in the name of Jesus. We'd like to thank you, dear God, for blessing our families through the night, keeping us all safe, dear God, from the enemy. And as you continue, dear God, to move us forward in life, however long it may be, dear God, we thank you for every moment in which you have blessed us with. We thank you for your mighty word this morning, dear God, and your presence before us, dear God. The enemy is busy as always, Lord God, and we know that, dear Lord God, you, dear Lord God, continue to work in your ways as well. And we pray and thank you, dear Lord God, for being there for us, guiding us to truth, understanding, and may our faith forever be loyal, dear Lord God, to you and only you. We pray in the name of Jesus right now, dear Lord God, as your word is ministered unto us this morning, that it is received with rejoiceful, dear Lord God, praise, honor, Glory, the Lord God, and as this sanctified word comes to us, the Lord God, we pray in the name of Jesus right now, the Lord God, that you continue to bless our mindsets, our souls, our spirits, and our hearts forevermore, the Lord God, to do your will, to trust in your word, and to trust in the Lord God and your purpose for us. In Jesus' name we pray and thank you. Amen. All right, so today we're going to be talking about the high calling of God. Um... Again, this is Philippians chapter 3. We'll be starting at verse 12. And this is just pretty much giving us an outright understanding of what God has in store for those who truly believe and what God called us to truly do in this world. Uh, I know we can all get sidetracked a little bit. We can get a little, you know, um, uh, distracted by the things that are going on in this world. And rightfully so, you know, we have to take care of our families. We need to work to take care of our families. So we got the job that is involved. We got our health. We got our loved ones who have health issues themselves. So um, with that being said, you know, it's all about being able to balance the things of this world and still trying to make sure we put God first. It is a tough task that is before us. We have so many things that are before us, you know, our bills, so much stress factors that are placed upon us in our lives today. 
that weren't considered back in the day. You know, people, when they bought a, a piece of land or, uh, you know, any kind of a thing that, that held value, they didn't have to pay it off in 30, 40 years like we do now. We have debts that are pretty much taking a third to a half of our lifetime to even pay it off. And it puts undue stress onto us. You know, back in those days, your debts might have been a couple years. Uh, you bought a piece of land, a couple years debt, you know, you pay or you work it off, however it is, uh, the arrangement is, to get it settled. But those days are long gone. And like I said, the enemy is forever at work, and he's trying to distract us in any way he can. And by us wanting to do better for our families, the enemy knows this, so he puts those distractions in our way. So look here in verse 12. It says this. He says, not as though I had already attained, and this is, you know, again, Paul speaking to the Philippians, Philippians, and he's talking about obtaining something of God. He's saying, not that I, he has obtained it yet, and I had already attained either we're already perfect. I'm not, he's saying. But I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ. So he says he follows after the doctrine of Christ so that he may apprehend that glory, those precious promises of God that are in Christ. In order to obtain them, he must follow after. Not that he has obtained it already. Not that he was made perfect. He's saying he's still striving to obtain these things. So, again, our daily lives pull us away or separate us from this one simple task. Well, I won't call it simple. This one task that we are charged to do, and that's to follow Christ. And we have so many things that take us off the yellow brick road where we get distracted and we lose our way. Some of it is to fall of our own. Some of it, we don't even see it coming. The enemy creeps in and things happen. So in verse 13, he says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. So some things, you just have to let it go. We hold on to a lot of burdens, unjust, undue burdens that we don't need. You've got to let them go. You've got to be able to say, there's something grander before me. What has happened in the past you can't go and change it. It has already happened. So whatever comes out of it, it is what it is, whatever comes what may. So you deal with whatever comes out of it in the best way you know how, and that's through Christ. And what we see as a, a you know, something bitter, you know, and and unsweetened to our taste that, you know, and our likeness uh, um, that we don't like that may have happened from something that was created that we did in the past. God can change that into something so beautiful if you just allow him to work in your life. So 
sometimes you we, we all make wrong decisions. And me and my wife were speaking about this yesterday. But you make wrong decisions, and there's nothing you can really do about it because the decision is made. We 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 all go through it. Some of us more often than not. But the key thing is, is having that short-term memory. Sometimes that is a good thing. To say, you know what? I've dropped the ball on that one. Let me move forward. And just make sure you don't do it again. Not to say you're stressing yourself to make sure you don't do it again, but just put it out of your mindset to where, you know, that's something not even bothering you. You know about that test. You know about that testimony. You know the outcome of it. So if you truly learn from it, you don't have to remind yourself of it because what is learned is automatic in us. What we're still trying to, to learn is not automatic. It's something that we, we, we press to do, something we try to force to make a habit of. Again, we're talking about the higher calling of God here and what he's calling us to do. That is not to stress out, not to dwell on the past. As he says, when you turn your life over to him, he forgets all of your sins. So it's about us moving forward in Christ, not reminding ourselves of all the bad things we did in the past before we came to Christ. A lot of us beat ourselves up on, on, on issues like that, and uh, it makes our walk with Christ a little harder because we're always self-judging. And it's an unrighteous judgment upon yourselves. We're condemning ourselves when we don't have to. We are making things harder on ourselves when we don't have to. You know, it's a trying life as it is. You know, you find yourself compromising your morals and your standards to make sure that you have or to make sure your loved ones have or you try to provide the best way you can. And sometimes the things you have to go through and the things that you have to commit yourself to do, you're not 100% happy with. You wish you were doing some other thing or finding another way to do it, and you can't. Sometimes our, you know, um, our true faith and following of Christ is challenged and tested in that way. And, you know, and I've read the thing about challenges. I've read in, in a book, uh, in a bookstore, and uh, I had a quote from Einstein. And the quote said, challenges are placed before a man in order for a man to truly know himself. And I find that very true. Because unless you've been challenged, unless some kind of turmoil, strife, grief, uh, or even, you know, some kind of a test of morals or, uh, you know, standards come before you, that is the only way you truly will know yourself is by making it through these things. But once you make the, make it through these things, you're more wiser for the better, and you shouldn't dwell on them anymore. But this is how you know who you are. 
This is where you find out what your strengths and your weaknesses are through trials and tribulations. But as Paul says here, forgetting those things which are behind you. So a lesson learned is a lesson learned. A failed lesson, you just continue to try to strive to do better. Forgetting those things that are behind you. Okay? And you got to move on. And, and, and try to obtain those things that are, are before you, as he was saying. He says, and forgetting those things which are behind you and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Verse 14, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us, therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if in anything ye be otherwise minded, God should reveal even this unto you. So we stress, and we stress over money, bills, jobs, family members, friends, situations, circumstances. Anything that as scripture says, and, and and you know, in the in the in the Psalms, Proverbs, uh, Ecclesiastes, um, you name it, uh, when you talk about the books of wisdom, if you're not doing it for God, why are you doing it? Now we know you got to pay your bills. We know that God provides for that. He gives you the job to do so. He makes the provision. So don't be out there saying, oh, you know, working is not of God, so let me quit my job. No. God provides provisions for you to make sure you, you, you take care of yourself and your loved ones. On the other side of that, he's saying, I've given you the provisions. Now give me some time. Give me a little more effort. Because you don't have to work as hard or worry about how the next bill is going to be paid, where the next meal is coming from. Just give me some time. And that that's just so true about today's world is that we don't give God enough time. We want to know more of God. We want to understand the mysteries of God. We want to be able to memorize scriptures. Um, some of us want to be preachers and prophets, and whatever else there is, the question is, you invested all your time to your job. You got a paycheck. So you see that there's a reward for investing time. You invested your time in your marriage and your children to see that your marriage is strong, to see that your children are being raised in a manner in which they will, should be raised. There is a reward for your invested time. When you invest something, your return on and uh, return on investment is great. You see it in life. So why not do the same for God? Why not invest some more time with God to see that return on investment? See how God truly starts to move in your life, removing obstacles and all this stuff. Now I'm not here to preach. 
about prosperity. That's not what this is about. This is about you living in the will of God and God honoring that just as he did Abel, just as he did Abraham, just as he did Isaac, and, you know, all the others that, that followed. When you're in the will of God, you are truly blessed. And when you find yourself outside the will of God, even these men that we spoke of, some of them were in the will of God, and they found that moment of weakness, that moment of, of trial and tribulation, in which we spoke about earlier, but that's how you truly find out about yourself. You're all good until something comes along, and again, as Paul says, you haven't obtained anything yet. You have not apprehended anything. And so you're therefore forever working towards the apprehension and the comprehension of Christ himself. The like-minded that thereof when it talks about be thus minded, okay? And then in verse 16, I'll read that. It says, nevertheless, whereto we have already attained, let us walk. By the same rule, let us mind the same things. When you obtain, you walk in it. You believe it. You know it to be true. You don't dwell on it. How was obtained? I, you know, one, two, three step because the way you obtain it, someone else may obtain it differently. We're not all the same. We may be taught all the same, but we all receive it in a different manner. Um, for me, for me to obtain a lot of things, not only reading it, sometimes I have to write things down. That's how I retain. Some people can just read it. Some people can hear it. Uh, some people have to apply themselves to do it. We all learn differently. And that's the way God wants us to be, because God wants us to be a multitude to be able to handle situations that, however they may come, when you're working as the, the body of Christ as a whole, no matter how it comes, you're able to withstand the enemy on all fronts because all fronts are covered because somewhere, somewhere in the body of Christ, someone knows how to do this in this manner in which the enemy is attacking. We cannot do, go at this alone. We have to consider when God calls us, it's for the betterment of the body of Christ, not for the betterment of self. We got to stop thinking about the things that we do as for self. Let me build myself up in God. You're building yourself up in God so that you may be a blessing to someone else in the body of Christ. And they did the same thing for you and others as well as they're building themselves up. So this is the high calling of God to strengthen the body of Christ, to make it stronger on all fronts. But you can't be strong when you got things dwelling in your mind in the past, the financial issues and all these other things that are going on about. You have to make sure things are, are taken care of. And a good example is, you know, there's a um, a movie, I'm a military guy, I like the, the military movies. It reminds me so so much about the, the spiritual warfare. And um, these guys were getting ready to go on a mission. And they, they huddled up. They pretty much had a family day before they went on this mission. And, you know, as the, the wives and the children are having their, their moment, they step to the side with one another and like, look, 
if there's anybody got anything going on that we need to know about, let's try and take care of it before we go downrange and, and handle this mission. It's like, look, if the finances ain't right, if your wife's not happy, whatever it is that's going on, let us know so that we all can come together and take care of it because once we get downrange, there won't be, you know, they don't want any issues coming up where someone's mindset is not on the issue at hand when it's dwelling in things that are in the past, that are behind them. So they're saying, let's squash this, let's get this taken care of right away, right now. But that's how the body of Christ is supposed to work. If someone has an issue, we all come together, we fix it, we're all good for the better. I say that to say dwelling with this, when you are, uh, obtain things, when you attain the understanding the teachings of Christ, we understand your calling in Christ, whatever it, it may be, evangelist, teacher, Sunday school teacher, uh, preacher, whatever it is God calls you to do to prophesy, to just you know, go help, you know, be a missionary or whatever the case may be. Do it with honor, but also do it knowing that you still are trying to attain even more than what you have already attained. That's why he's saying keep the same mindset, walk in it in the same rule that you have not attained, that you're still trying to, because it's a humbleness in us that we all need to make sure we don't get high-minded and puffed up about ourselves. So in doing so, you keep everything in balance. You don't allow yourself to think that you're greater than, than what you are. And in this manner, you're able to not only help yourself, but to help others grow up in Christ by not feeding them a word full of uh, deceit, full of, you know, uh, self-righteousness and, and so forth. It's all about being in tune with the body. Same mind. Let this mind also be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. You know, that's what God's word says. But it's all about finding that balance, finding that truth in yourself to say, you know what? I got it. I get it. What I could not accomplish back here, fine. Move on to the next chapter. Maybe in some way, way shape, form, like it says, God shall reveal even unto you these things in verse 15 as it says, the things that may not have entered into you that you don't get an understanding. Eventually, God will say, now it's time for you to get this understanding, and it will come to you. So I wouldn't dwell on it. I wouldn't beat yourself up about it, but know that God is always working to build you up if you are willing to invest in God himself. Because investing in God is the greatest return you can always get in life. It never loses value. No economic changes, no man-made rules can take the value away of God. It will remain the same forevermore. It will forever be enriched in eternal life. Man, can I can't give you that. The stock market can't give you that. We rely so much on our 401Ks or as we call it, our afterlife in this life. 
when we're done working and we want to be able to go out and live our retirement in peace. Make sure we have enough financial means to do so, to live another 20 to 30 years, however long, uh, whenever we retire. That's what you hope for. But our hope should be in God, in Christ. Because that's eternal. You don't need any amount of funds to fund this life. You'll have everything that is needed. You don't have to worry about food, clothing, sheltering, you know, paying your property taxes and all this other stuff. God has that. Taken care of. 100% benefit. That's the return on investment that you want to want to have. Verse 17. Again, we're in Philippians chapter 3. Brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them which walk so as, as ye have us for an example. And I'll read that again. Brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them which walk so as ye have us for an example. So you're walking together just like those before you, like Christ and the apostles. That's the way we need to be walking, not according to our own circumstances and our own rituals and whatever else we've come up with over the last 2,000 years. And even before that, people have come up with some things. Verse 18, for many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. Imagine that. Say, well, they preach Jesus. They teach Jesus. They seem to be walking Jesus. They're not believing Jesus. There's no faith in it. There's no authority in it. There's many walk of whom I have told you often. I've told you this many times that people walk in your same in, in your same likeness. Now remember, Lucifer himself, the angel of light, filled with darkness. So he will come to you as an angel of light. But there's no authority in what he's telling you. Because he's trying to take truth and he's trying to twist it. There are people out there who are walking the walk, speaking what should be spoken, but don't believe a word of what they're selling. He says, I've told you this often, and now tell you this, you even weeping, meaning you're weeping over this because, uh, you know, you, you more than likely found out that these people have done, done you some kind of wrong, like, wait a minute, they stopped and told me this, now it's all, this, this stuff's going on, you know. I'm broke, I can't pay my bills, you know. You know, but yet the minister's son is pulling up in a Mercedes. You're catching a bus to church. I'm just saying these things happen. People, you know, circumvent the the word of God. It says that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, 
and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. This is the state of the church today. We have a tendency to put a value on everything. Again, I always say God, he makes means for provisions. We pay our tithes. We give offerings. We give love offerings. We give pastor offerings. We give this offering. We give that offering. We give so much. As we think it is to the house of God. But there's no growth in the house of God. And God just dropped this on my heart just now because this is a serious matter when it comes to the state of the church today. Repeatedly, we are walking through church doors every Sunday, and some of us even multiple times throughout the week for other occasions. And there's no change in the spirit of the person that is doing this. There's no change in the mindset of the person who's doing these things repeatedly, over and over again, month after month, year after year. When you invest in God, it's not that you're looking for a return that God, you telling God that I did this thing, so give me something back. That's not the way God works. God shows his appreciation by making sure you, you, you're, you, you are taken care of and other, other means that you don't think you know that you need. Sometimes God builds you up to be stronger when dealing with uh, loss of loved ones and whatnot because you believed in him. It's not always a, a property or a monetary thing with God. But today's church believes in possessions, monetary value. And they believe in telling you to pay your tithes on time, give your offering on time, do this on time. When you invest in God, God invests in you. When you pay your tithes, you're investing in God. He's going to honor that. Don't get me wrong. But then you have people, as the scripture tells you, that their bellies, you know, uh, is, is their God. He says, whose God is their belly and whose glory is their shame. They glorify the things that they should be shameful of, taking advantage of people financially. And what have they given you in return? What have we gained from the ministries of today and I'm not talking about 100% across the board because there are those out there who are still got their boots on the ground for God and for Christ in a truthful manner. There are some out there. And it's a shame because the ones who truly get all the recognition are the ones who are giving us the bad name. You pour into this church your time, your efforts, 
dragging your kids out of bed in the middle of the night to do these all these events and going out of town, maxing out your credit cards and getting loans just to do things. Your house is not in order. The ministry you may be going to is not in order. Because if it was, there would be people being elevated to a Christ-like mind. Yet we're, we're seeing the same things over and over again, year after year, month after month, week after week, that no one has been fed the true word of God. They're giving milk when they should be given meat. They are trying to teach when they need to be taught. Why? Because they, they love early things. That's what their mind is on. And they figure if they put themselves in a position of, as we call authority, with the title, then they have the rights to do as they will. All the money that go into the church. Some of the churches, yeah, they got to pay the bills. They got to pay the rent. They got to pay the, you know, the lights. Understandable. But the question is, you pay a tenth of your tithes, a tenth of your, your income of tithes to the ministry, even the love offerings that go in and out the, and all the other offerings. Where is the money going? Does the church have an account to say, as in Malachi chapter 3, that the storehouse should be full so that no one is in lack? So when you're behind on your bills, are you able to go to the church and get help? If you're not understanding scripture, can you call your pastor up and ask him for a one-on-one to get you some kind of understanding of what scripture is truly meaning? Or will he feed you the same old, same old he's been feeding you for the last 20 years? It's not what we, as we call leaders, ministers, preachers, it's not what we believe in. It's not what scriptures we follow suit to. It is the word of God that we need to be preaching, and it's the whole truth. It's not about a self-belief in a certain amount of scriptures. It's not a self-belief in going out trying to put your imprint on those who are not following you. They're technically supposed to be following Christ, but you get them to follow you and believe in this thing. No one's being educated on Christ. No one is being educated on the importance of the higher calling of God. All they're being taught is possession prosperity in earthly things. And every now and then we preach about a little Jesus to get the masses stirred up enough so you can go back in, boom, and hit them with the pay your tithes. Boom, if you don't pay your tithes, you're going to hell in a handbasket. 
Whereas my 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 dad would say, "Going to hell with gasoline draws on." So it's all about self-preservation. But how long do we have on this earth? Is it forever? No. We're here for a moment. A blink of an eye and we're gone. And we say to ourselves, well, if I can't make it into heaven, then I'm going to be get as much as I can here on earth while I, while I, while I can enjoy it. I, and a lot of people say they don't know about the afterlife. They're not 100% sure of it, so they're going to try to enjoy everything they can while they're here. Does that constitute throwing out your values of Christ? Preaching things that shouldn't be preached. Teaching things that shouldn't be taught. It is all for self. And God is not in that. They walk as you walk. They talk as you talk. They will show the world that they're living accordingly. But Christ says, you can clean up the outside of the cup, but until the inside is clean, everything is filthy. So until the inside of the house of God is cleaned out in these churches, ministry, places of worship, whatever you want to like to call them, to the inside of the cup is clean. All they're doing is feeding unperfected waters that bring death. This is what you get out of a dirty cup, something that will make you sick. It will quench your thirst. But give it long enough, it will make you sick and you'll for surely die eventually from a rotten word, from a word that is not pure, from a defiled word that is not pure. So, as they say, don't drink the Kool-Aid. Find the higher calling of God. Be like-minded in Christ. Know who your God is. It is not your, your, your minister. It's not your teacher, the police officer. It's not, uh, you know, celebrity such and such. It is Christ Jesus and him alone. And we have fallen very, very far from the cross. As a whole, as a body of Christ, because of Christ said, unless you cut that part of the body off, it's all condemned to hell if it's not correct. So we need to get that whole body of Christ correct. Okay? I want to make sure as many people can make it into heaven as possible. If you make it there broke, homeless, rich as a skunk, it doesn't matter. Make it. But make it with valor. Make it with honesty. Make it with love, truth, 
and allow yourself to be used by God. The higher calling is greater than all of us. Because the higher calling is the one that truly takes the body of Christ and heals it. We have to heal the body of Christ. It is sick right now because of the things that we are doing to it. Not that it's doing it of its own, of, of, of itself. The body won't do anything to harm itself, but it's the members of the body that tend to go bad. As you know, in the human body, you get a liver, a kidney, a couple of hard vials go bad. Everything else shuts down with it. You know, it's the way it is. So when one part of the body is going bad, you've got to try and take care of it. You've got to try and restore that which is broken. And the only way we do that is by not allowing things to go on and continue on the way they are today. There has to be a change. There has to be some to stand up for the right of God and say, no, no more. I don't mind paying my tithes. But in return, I want my leaders to be righteous. I want my leaders to teach me more than trying to gain a new car, a new house, and tell me uh, that, you know, me doing this and that, that this is what I'm going to get. I don't want a new car, a new house. I want eternal life. Tell me how to obtain that, Mr. Preacher, Mr. Teacher. Tell me how. Do I understand the mysteries of God? Tell me how to interpret the words of God from front to back, Genesis to Revelation and beyond. Tell me how I can walk as the apostles did, that I can teach as Paul did. Don't allow yourself to sit in a pew and amen and clap your hands. To a message of death that is coming from the mouths and the minds of selfless, selfish people. And I throw myself in there too because I, I call myself minister and I myself fall in that same category because I myself need to make sure that I am teaching and preaching God's word accordingly. Not taking advantage of the people, not taking advantage of their finances or anything of the such. Not just as any ministry. Yeah, like I said, the lights, you know, light bill needs to be paid. The, you know, the heat needs to be on if you want to be in there in the wintertime. you got to be able to stay warm, and you need the building, so you got to pay the rent for it. I understand those things. But beyond all that, beyond paying the minister for what he does, it's true. The minister is supposed to get a tenth of the tenth, but it seems like they're taking a tenth and giving the church a tenth of the tenth. That's what it seems to me. God will honor and respect everything you do within his will. Everything that is within the will of God will be honored as Cabal did. But when you do wrong as Cain, and you come to God with some defiled offering, defiled tithings. God ain't in it. He, he doesn't want it. It's rejected. 
And I know you guys are seeing, as Christ said, it will be a massive turn away in the end of days. Churches are closing because people are turning away because they want to seek truth. But what we need to do, instead of turning away from the church and the body, let's try to heal it from the inside. Let's try and start feeding it some, some elixir or some medication to get it better. Don't walk away from it. Don't abandon the ministry. Don't forsake the body of Christ because you're not happy. Let's try and mend it. Let's try and fix it. Let's be better than our predecessors. Let's be better than our leaders that brought us up and that are still leading us today. Let's be better in Christ. The enemies of the cross, he says. Now read the last three verses here, and hopefully this message gets across to you. This is the higher calling of God. It's not about us. It's about the body of Christ. Verse 19. Again, Philippians chapter 3. Verse 19. Whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, whose mind, who minds earthly things. For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's where our conversation should be. Not about your new car and trying to get a bigger house. Think, people, eternal. Not corruptible things that, does, that as Christ says, will wither away, rust away. It's all for naught. Verse 21, last verse. Who shall change our vile bodies? That it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body. According to the working whereby he is able even so to subdue all things unto himself. And this is the mindset we need to have, changing the vileness of this body, the, the, the venom that is seeping through the veins of the body of Christ right now. We, we've got to sift that out. Replace it with some everlasting living waters. Stop taking in toxins in the body of Christ through worries, stress, things that are out of our control that we can't control. No one can control if their job is going to lay them off or not. People go out of business all the time. There's nothing you can do about it. All you can do is allow God to be God. you got to allow him to be your God. But in order to do that, it takes faith. It takes trust. It takes humility, patience, and a whole couple other things it takes. But knowing that your faith work is patience, okay? Let patience have a perfect work. The trial of your faith works patience, so let it have its perfect work. Allow God to be God. Don't allow man to be your God. Don't allow yourself to be God. Let's build up the body of Christ. Let's show the enemy that we're not going to walk away from one another, that we're not going to turn our backs on one another. No matter what we believe, no matter how wrong we are by someone, 
allow the mindset and the heart of Christ to dwell within you, to show the compassion. Christ didn't walk away from the church when he was here. What did he do? He went to the people who were being misled, and he gave them truth. Now, it says a lot of people say, oh, you don't speak on a, another man's uh, foundation. No, you don't. But however, what foundation are we speaking of? And Christ understood this. Because the foundation that was laid was very weak. He gave a parable about that, about a man building his foundation in sand and one building it up on a rock, which one stood. And that's what Christ came to do, because the foundation that the people had was not a solid foundation. Unless it's a solid foundation, there is no foundation. So where the people are wronged, we, we should continue to preach and teach. If someone is misled, we need to give them truth. Christ went into the synagogues giving truth. Because if someone don't say anything, this is going to continue to happen. A lot of people are going to be led astray. A lot of people are going to die with their souls in jeopardy because someone did not want to speak out. Don't allow the body to decay because you want to sit in silence and watch it rot. If that is your choice, that's your choice. But I, myself, my family, will do our part to make sure the body of Christ is sustained as best we know how. May God bless you all. May he keep you and continue to work in your lives, and may you continue to invest in God and into the body of Christ. May God bless you all, and thank you for joining us here today at the House of David. I'm Pastor Keith Allen. Have a blessed week, and be safe out there. Thank you. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.